You're listening to Door to the District from Glasgow City Innovation District. From space and quantum applications to cutting-edge financial and health technology, this series is all about the collaboration, entrepreneurship and world-class research housed here in the city and making an impact around the world. Each episode, we take a peek behind some of the many varied district doors, finding out how people work, innovate and grow. So we're basically the first commercial company in the world to really kind of accept this concept and to run with it. Um, And it really put us at the forefront of a new kind of revolution. How a revolution is having an impact at the district and around the world. Over 50% of people are employed in that industry. So it was really all about creating a new way for those people to sell their produce to an international marketplace and get better pricing uh, wherever they could in the world. And how innovation and collaboration are shaping ventures that are truly out of this world. People are now really starting to take note of this real you know, booming sector that we have on our doorstep that I think many people just haven't haven't realised is is here. Thanks for joining us for the latest in this series from the Glasgow City Innovation District. I'm your host, Katrina Shearer. And this episode will take us on a journey way beyond the district, to low Earth orbit, in fact, and beyond. Now, what would spring to mind if you were asked to think about space? Maybe you would imagine the moon and stars on a crisp, clear night, or a mission to the planets like Mars by NASA or the European Space Agency. And Decollage, liftoff from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time itself. You might even think about the awe-inspiring images and science being conducted by the next-generation James Webb Telescope that's wowing scientists and people around the world. But do you think about global banking, international markets, or how you get real-time navigation on your mobile phone or in your car? Images of distant galaxies and stars are breathtaking, but they're only part of the story when it comes to our endeavours in space. There's also a growing industry helping businesses and communities every day, one where the district is playing a part. It's an industry that's seen significant growth in the UK in recent years, and the district's Technology and Innovation Centre is an important destination, a launchpad, if you like, to venture into this expanding domain. And to meet the intrepid voyagers boldly going to new borders, there's no need to visit any galaxies far, far away, as you'll find them at the Space Cluster right here in the city. We'll start our journey with our first guest today, a guide who's very comfortable when it comes to the gravity-defying challenges of operating business in space. Craig Clark founded Clyde Space back in 2005, a company that designed and manufactured small satellites, or CubeSats. A pioneer in the field, he's now the Professor of Practice for Space at the University of Strathclyde. And if that prompts you to think of launch pads and vast mission control rooms like those we sometimes see in video footage from the space agencies in the US, Craig says space is actually very down to earth. 
There's this misconception that people that work in the space sector have got white lab coats on and are all boffins. It's not like that. In most space companies you see, especially the ones like Clay Space, the, the company that I started, um, that are kind of entrepreneurial, they're very much... If you imagine going into a startup company in Silicon Valley, it kind of looks a bit like that. You know, a lot of young people that are ambitious, highly motivated, you know, de- developing some new new things that have never been done before, trying to change the way we see space. So if you were a young person and you were studying engineering, for example, you were thinking, I don't know what sector to go into. I mean, the space sector has got so much opportunity and it's exciting. There's so much happening in it. I don't think people realise that. They think that if I want to work in the space sector, I need to go to America and work for NASA and that's difficult. It's not like that. You can walk out of university tomorrow and get a job in Scotland and working in the space sector. Our next guest is also an entrepreneur and he spent years working at Clyde Space before setting out on his own. As the founder of Trade in Space, Robin Sampson is also a veteran of the industry and his perception of the industry, even as an insider, has changed over the years. I've always thought about the space sector or the space industry as kind of like an enabling technology for other people's industries and sectors. In my own worldview, I see it as a way of creating additional services that wouldn't otherwise be possible in the agricultural sector. So that for me is the value add nowadays. I haven't always thought of it that way. I used to think of it as being more about, you know, science and interplanetary things like that, that could really expand the knowledge and understanding of the human species. So it can be that too. And I think that's one of the kind of amazing things about it really is that it touches everything from like deep space, big science to how do we solve some really difficult problems in economic development on our own planet, you know? So for me, seeing how that's changed has been a really interesting uh, thing to try and observe. I think that I'd say it's an enabling technology. That for me is the main thing to think about with the space industry. Describing the sector as enabling technology is an apt description. Space is important to all of us, and that's abundantly clear for those who work in this final frontier. And our final guest today is someone who can help us understand just how important space is. Pam Smith is a graduate of the University of Strathclyde with a PhD in Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering. Working as the VP of Future Programmes at AAC Clyde, the new name for the firm that Craig started in 2005 after it merged with Swedish firm AAC Microtech in 2019, she's also at the forefront of the sector. Having worked in development, space mission analysis and project management, Pam has valuable insights into the value of space. Because we don't see it and we don't feel it every day that you sometimes just forget how critical it is to almost everything we do on a daily basis. So, you know, you and I will both interact with tens of satellites every single day without ever noticing that that was the case. It's become so ingrained and so fundamental in everything we do on a daily basis that you just take it for granted a little bit. So... You know, from everything from before you go out to, to work or, you know, to school in the morning, you switch on the TV and you look at the weather forecast, you know, that all of that information comes to us from satellites, uh, from satellite data. You get in the car, you go on a bus, you know, you order an Uber. All of that relies on data that's coming from navigation satellites. 
you've got, you know, you maybe stop off at an ATM and you withdraw money. Those financial transactions rely on precise timing, uh, again, that comes from our PNT satellites. And all financial systems rely on that really precise location and timing information for security. All of these things that are so fundamental to how we live our life that you just you often just forget every time you do one of these everyday tasks, you're actually interacting with, you know, millions of pounds worth of satellite technology every single every single time. And, you know, I think I often think to myself when people ask the question of, well, what does space do for me? I think it would be it would be really interesting to see how people would react to all satellites being turned off and then I think we would quickly understand what space does for for all of us. Interacting with technology in space is, as Pam says, commonplace for most of us. But it's not just for communication, navigation and research. The sector is also vitally important in other arenas too. The the other things to do with position and timing of bank transactions and all sorts of things, anything that has a clock the, the timing is used, is, it comes from space. Anything that requires precision timing, it's space that provides that. If that didn't exist, we wouldn't be able to function in the society that we have at the moment. So if you took out the GPS systems, you would have like catastrophic failure of systems to do trades and all sorts of things like that. So obviously climate change is a major factor and we're battling against that, but there's so many ways that space can can help by, you know, actually determining what's happening to our planet, but also you can identify who the main contributors are to greenhouse gases and climate change by tracking, like, activities. Space in terms of um, military activity. UK needs to be able to use space for its operations because it's vital, as I say, it's as vital for military operations as it is for the general life um, of, of civilians. And if we don't have a capability that is resilient and can do the job that we need it to do, then it puts us in a very difficult and kind of weak position. That's why it features so highly in UK conversations and now with MOD, because it's very important that we we have that capability. Even with a catalogue of practical examples from our guests, space can still seem foreign or exclusive. A place for those with the right stuff, to steal a famous phrase from the early days of the American space programme. But Pam, Rob and Craig have all carved out successful careers in the industry through hard work and determination, of course. But they're also part of a group who, alongside others at the district, are opening doors for others, for students, businesses and partners. It's always been the domain of big agencies and and government, but it's becoming so much more commercial. It's becoming so much more open for many different people to become involved and play a part in in the sector. And from that comes economic development and growth. You know, the UK space-related organisations produce £16.5 billion pounds in income in 2019-20. It creates highly skilled jobs, you know, creates real, real growth and employment. And it's very research and development intensive, so they're very highly skilled jobs that we're, that we're creating there off the back of, of the activity in the sector. Robin's company is very much a part of that growth and activity. After studying astrophysics and completing a master's in satellite mission design and satellite systems design, Robin worked on CubeSats for 15 years before launching Trade in Space in 2019. 
Their speciality is leveraging satellite and remote sensing data and distributed ledger technologies like blockchain to deliver transactional insights. I think we were the first commercial company in the world to create digital twins of agriculture using satellite-generated data, images of farms especially, and then create a digital twin of that agriculture that could be traded and moved from blockchain distributed ledgers. So a system that allowed people who produced agriculture, which is most most people are employed by agriculture in the world. I mean, over 50% of people are employed in that industry. So it was really all about creating a new way for those people to sell their produce to an international marketplace and get better pricing uh, wherever they could in the world. Having created the technology and the algorithms to identify crops from space, Trade in Space began working with coffee growers. Helping farmers in Colombia to connect with roasters in Glasgow, they've already successfully tested the service. Mapping out crops, calculating yields, creating a digital contract and even tracking shipments, Robin was able to test that their concept works and delivers benefits. So much value gets lost in passing these goods through from one area to another. So the idea is to be able to shorten that value chain and support direct trades from producers through to the consumer. And that should benefit everyone, especially the producer who can charge a a better, I would say, fairer price for the end product. And um, things have moved on, I should say now, and we're able to add a lot more additional data into that system as well. So that also adds value. You know, we can prove that the produce was produced sustainably, for example. We can prove analytically that there is no deforestation or no other potential undesirable effects associated with the produce. So in that way, we can also add value to the producer and make sure that they can command a higher price by being able to prove these things about their product as well. After a trade mission to the continent, Trade in Space is now expanding operations in Colombia and setting up other partnerships in Brazil, Guatemala and El Salvador. Having assessed data on 100,000 coffee farms around the world, Robin's firm is part of a growing space cluster at the district. And he says there's plenty more space in space for innovation. The commercial space industry as such has really only existed for, I think, about 20 or 30 years. So I think it's really a, an industry that's only just getting started. So there's definitely whole new services and products and niches that people haven't yet discovered. And I think that will create a lot of new opportunities. And then the nature of it is as well that there are new sensor technologies and new types of things being launched and deployed into orbit. So they'll produce opportunities as well. There is likely to be a big consolidation of a lot of these technologies. And I think partnership continues to be key and being able to work and collaborate with others is kind of like the oldest survival strategy known to man, right? So that's true in business as well, I think. And being able to recognize that and understand that you won't necessarily be able to do it all yourself is really key. So I think, yes, there'll be new opportunities for new businesses, etc. But 
Also, it's important to think about how you work with others and collaborate and build lasting partnerships with those other entities, I think is key as well. Those partnerships Robin mentioned bring us neatly to the Innovation District. The blueprint at the district is one that's formed on partnerships. From its inception, its big bang if you like, collaboration has been a fundamental aspect of helping the district and the organisations located here to grow. And partnerships when working beyond Earth's atmosphere are just as vital. I mentioned the James Webb Telescope earlier, a telescope at the cutting edge of research that has been decades in the making. With work on the mission commencing back in the mid-90s, the project is an impressive illustration of teamwork. A global partnership that involved NASA, Europe's and Canada's space agencies, thousands of engineers and scientists, private companies and government bodies spread across 15 countries. And Craig sees those types of partnerships, whether local or global, as crucial to the sector's continued success in Scotland. Partnerships are are interesting. I've, I've always been a big fan of working in collaboration with other businesses and universities. I've never really kind of felt the need to hide what the ambition is of what, we're work, what I was working on. I'd much rather be part of a larger group to achieve what needed to be achieved, which is actually kind of different to the, the place I worked before was very much kind of like we need to do everything in-house and we don't do partnerships and, you know, we're completely vertically integrated. Whereas I, I think I naturally lean towards the, the other way, which is like, you know, we can achieve more together. You know, if we work together, we can achieve greater things. So then Scotland's first satellite was actually started with a knowledge transfer partnership between Clyde Space and the University of Strathclyde. I, I could see that there was a massive value in having a Strathclyde University as a partner to achieve what we wanted to achieve. I mean, they had, although they hadn't necessarily had the same experience of building satellites, they had so much more experience and in infrastructure and people that would just allow us to actually be successful. And we were. And we were because we worked together. And we grew other partners as well as we went on to, to make that happen, make the, the thing a success. But it wouldn't have happened if I, we hadn't taken that collaborative approach. If we decided to do it on our own, it's, I, I think we would have failed. I think it's a great example of, you know, if you work together, you can achieve greater things. While there was no space sector in Scotland when Craig started his company, things are now very different. Around 45,000 people are employed in the industry in the UK, and Scotland is home to 20% of that workforce. Unsurprisingly, when it comes to innovation and opportunity, Pam sees Scotland's proposition and its collaborative credentials as world-class. I think the partnership and the approach we have as a sector in Scotland is quite unique. I would say our approach to things and the way that as a sector we are all very willing to work together for the greater good, I I genuinely do think is quite unique. You know, there there is obviously some competition and that's very healthy, but I, I would say the way that we work together and collaborate has got us to the point where we all are today, where we've got a really thriving sector in Scotland, but it's also going to be the thing that takes us to that next stage of of growth and helps us achieve some really quite ambitious growth targets in, in Scotland. No one company or no one university is going to be able to do that on their own. So 
I think the partnership and the way that we collaborate is is actually pretty special in Scotland. Pam's own ambition was influenced after the arrival of a very special guest at her school. Following a visit by Bonnie Dunbar, a scientist and astronaut who flew on five space missions in the 80s and 90s, Pam eventually considered a career as an engineer. And after a school trip to NASA's famous Johnson Space Centre in Houston, Pam's studies saw her land at the Advanced Space Concepts Lab at the University of Strathclyde. A timely arrival, as partnerships in the region were already gathering pace. So I first became aware of the Innovation District uh, from my time at Strathclyde University. Um, so I worked closely with colleagues in the Innovation District when I worked there as ESA Business Applications Regional Ambassador. I would say for us, the proximity to uh, specialist expertise and, and skills is really important. So I think where you have industry co-located with universities and research organisations, you start to develop clusters and, and real ecosystems of, of activity. So I think that kind of rising tide within within a region or within an innovation district can be really beneficial for, for everyone involved, so not just for, for industry, but I think there's a lot to be gained from that collaboration between academia and industry that really, you know, that kind of true knowledge exchange and partnership is really valuable. The district is now home to multiple organisations and networks all focused on the sector. The UK Space Agency, the European Space Agency and others alongside the university combine to help startups plot a course to new horizons in this exciting industry, which is something that Robin can attest to. We uh, started out like down at the Trongate, a business incubation centre run by Glasgow City Council back then. And that was where we made some really important introductions to other stakeholders within the community, the Strathclyde University, the Data Lab as well. All of these things were made accessible to us by virtue of being at that um, at the Tontine Centre, as it was called then, at the Trongate. And that kind of made it easy for us, um, especially at the beginning when we really did need all of that additional support. The biggest single piece of help that we got was from the academic community when we took a problem to them and said, look, you know, we've kind of got a big opportunity here that we've almost kind of stumbled into by accident. And now people are asking us to prove that we can really do all this stuff and we can identify these commodities. So we really need some help to do that. And, you know, that was a big thing for us was just being able to go and ask people for support and how to solve a very specific challenge that we've been set, uh, which turned out to be pivotal for the business, but we wouldn't have been able to do it on our own, you know, and it, it, sometimes it's these key moments and key things that I think can have such a big difference. And for us, that was the thing. Someone was willing to give us a chance and say, look, if you can do this stuff that you say you're doing, we're, we're in. But we had to prove it. And to be honest, we needed help to do that. So we had to leverage some academics for their help in doing that. Starting his company almost 20 years ago, Craig's journey took a very different path. He moved to the south of England after he completed his studies in electronics at Glasgow University. Without opportunities to work in the sector in Scotland, he instead joined a company in Surrey, a spin-out from the university there and hub for research and construction in satellite manufacturing. 
But wanting to move home some years later, his family took a somewhat innovative approach. My wife and I had a, our first child and she was pregnant with her second child. We wanted to live in Scotland to bring up our kids. I looked at Scotland and thought, what the hell do I do in Scotland? Because there's no space industry in Scotland. And I've just spent 10 years learning all this great stuff about satellites and space. And I don't really want to change what I do. And a friend of mine asked me if I was going to start my own company. I said no. But because he asked me that, I was like, well, actually, what kind of person does start a company? Am I that kind of person? As I bought books, I read books, all the books said, if you've got a young family, don't start a company. Or do, if you're like this, don't start a company. I was like, oh, everything tells me. <laughs> it's like, don't start a company. But, you know, we were selling our house in Surrey because we bought a house and we had some equity in it. And we just sold that and used the money to start Clyde's Base, basically, in Glasgow. And it was, the idea was to do, to supply subsystems to the small satellite market. But that quickly changed into, well, let's see if we can develop our own satellite. And I came across CubeSats quite early on. CubeSats are like a kind of standard form factor of a very small satellite. So I, we developed some, I, I heard about that and I was like, that sounds like a great idea. So we were basically the first commercial company in the world to really kind of accept this concept and to run with it. Um, and it really put us at the forefront of a new kind of, revolution. Creating his company, Craig planted the seed that grew to become a successful business. It also helped to create opportunity. With partners in the region and a lot of hard work, Clyde Space made a crucial breakthrough. Back when I first started the company, people didn't really know about CubeSats and they didn't take them seriously. Um, So I spent a lot of my time evangelising about CubeSats and what they could do to try and get interest. In, in them. So I was writing papers and presenting conferences. So I wrote a paper with the guys in Edinburgh, the UK Astronomy Technology Centre. We, we basically designed a concept mission that would do ocean colour monitoring from a four kilogram satellite. I then got a visit from somebody from NASA Goddard who was like, I really like this idea. So he was from the ocean colour team in NASA Goddard and says we should do this. So we then spent the next kind of three years looking for funding. Eventually got funding from the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation. So Gordon Moore is the founder of Intel. So Moore's Law, for example. And we had the team that worked on a mission called CWIFS, which is was a kind of gold standard ocean colour monitoring mission. That satellite was about 300 odd kilograms. So we were going to make a satellite that was four kilograms. It done exactly the same thing for a fraction of the price, for a fraction of the weight, exactly the same mission. Actually, the quality is better. We basically designed and developed and launched this satellite and it's now a fully fledged NASA mission and the data goes to NASA so it's operated from Glasgow. Uh, it's amazing what space can do and you know and what you can do if you remove all the barriers. Collaboration and innovation continue to create opportunities for the sector at the district and having now opened doors, Craig, like many in the region, is keen to push for continued growth. Expanding the cluster at the district and the industry in Scotland and the UK. Well, is it too corny to say that the sky is no longer the limit? Whenever you looked at a map from the UK Space Agency of where space happened in the UK, where there was a little pin in Scotland, and that drew attention from the UK Space Agency in Westminster. They were interested to see what we're doing up here as well. Um, They announced they wanted to launch, have a sovereign launch capability from the UK. 
And the best place to do that is from Scotland. So all of a sudden we now have launch companies in Scotland developing and building rockets and testing them. And they'll launch from, from the north of Scotland and they're already fully booked. Um, so they need to create more launch pads. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I don't think you can like, you can give Clyde Space credit for all of that because there's so much happening and the market's been growing. But I'd like to think we played an important part in drawing attention to what was possible and, you know, just maybe change, changing people's mindsets about the, you know, here's a here's an opportunity here and it doesn't, you don't need an NASA. You just need determination and ID, good ideas um, and you can go after this. And we're now one of the, I think we're the fastest growing space sector in the world. I think we're on the cusp of something pretty special in space. So I think people are now really starting to take note of this real, you know, booming sector that we have on our doorstep that I think many people just haven't haven't realised is is here. You know, I think often people still think of space and relate it to to perhaps the US or NASA. They don't realise that there's quite so much opportunity on their doorstep. So I think the fact that we in Scotland and in the UK are are soon going to have this end-to-end offering uh, with a real expertise and specialist in, particularly in small satellites, I think is um, is really exciting and I think provides us a really excellent story to go out and tell the world You know what we can do with that full end-to-end value chain in Scotland and in the UK. That's it for this episode. Thank you to our guests, Craig Clark, Pam Smith and Robin Sampson. And thank you for listening.